Good morning. Good morning. All right. Hey, we welcome you today. Thanks for being with us. I'm Pastor Dan, founding pastor of the church, and they let me up here to preach every once in a while still. But uh, now we're honored to be with you. We've been gone quite a bit. Just got back from D.C. at the United for Israel Summit, the Christians United for Israel. Great time there. But we're glad to be back home. Ending out this series on I Love My City. How many appreciate Pastor Brad and all these powerful words that, and messages that we've been getting over the weeks? It's been powerful powerful messages, and we thank all of you for your participation every July as we go into reaching out into our city. I want to challenge you to do this. Every Sunday, I do this, but uh, how many have friends that won't come to church yet? We're going to talk about how to get them today, but how many have some like that? And here's what you can do. Every Sunday, right when service starts and they start to scream back there, go on Transformation Church Facebook Live and click Live, and it'll and then just share it and it'll send that live service to every one of your friends on Facebook. So whether they want to come to church or not, you just took church to them. Come on, somebody. And so uh, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. He didn't say greater miracles. It's hard to beat raising the dead. You know what I'm saying? So he said greater works. So in one Sunday service, we have the potential of reaching more people with the gospel than Jesus did in three and a half years on this earth. And so let's use the technology God has given us. Amen? Hey, I'm going to close out the series that we're on on I Love My City. And uh, Pastor Brad was bringing powerful, powerful messages. And last week he talked about being fishers of men. And that's kind of a funny message for Pastor Brad to preach on because he's a musician. Now, I'm a fisherman and a hunter. And we get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go fishing and hunting. He's a musician. They don't get up at 4 o'clock to do anything. You know what I'm talking about? He don't know there's a world at 4 o'clock in the morning. So today, we let him tell you about fishing. Today, I'm going to tell you how, all right? And so uh, we're going to come in and really try to open your eyes and your heart some today and, and make soul winning, sharing your faith easy, all right? And so get your notes out. Let's get ready to roll. All right, Matthew 4, verse 18 and 19 is our text. Pastor Brad's been using it. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I love how Pastor Brad brought that out. Jesus did not say what really most of the church is saying today when Jesus did not say, follow me and I'll make you a prophet or follow me, I'll make you an apostle. Follow me, I'll make you wealthy. Follow me, I'll make you a healer of the sick. All of those are great benefits of being a follower of Jesus, but that's not the thing that attracted him the most or meant the most to him. He said, if you follow me, I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And can I say something to you today? If you and I are true followers of Jesus, reaching the unsaved and the unchurched is the number one priority of our life. Now, I only got one good on that, and that's the pastor. So let me say that again. As true followers of Jesus, the number one priority of our life is reaching more unchurched and more unsaved people into the kingdom of Christ. That's what true followers of Jesus do. And you can't see and read Scripture without seeing that this is the number one priority in the heart of God, reaching the lost. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives us three different stories, parables, and every one of them 
talks about the lost item being more valuable, important than the ones that were found. He talks about the lost sheep. He said, you'll leave the 99 found to go get the one lost. He talks about the lost coin being more valuable than the ones that were there. He talks about the lost son being more important at that time than the son that was at home. And we read through scripture and we see it over and over again. How many of you have children? Anyone ever lost a child out in the park or in the mall? Any freak out moment take place right there? And, and it's not like if you had four children and you go, I still got three, 75% ain't bad, let's go home. Now sometimes you've wanted to do that, right? But how many knows that that moment, your attitude wasn't, I got three out of four left, let's go home. Nah, the other three at that moment didn't matter. They didn't count. What they wanted didn't, Daddy, I want a Coke. Coke is not happening right now. We got to find Johnny. Johnny's lost. We've got to find Johnny. You're going to people that you don't know. My son's missing. Will you help me find my son? Come on, somebody. Can I tell you? That's what God is doing in heaven right now. He's saying, I've got a son lost. I've got a daughter lost. They're lost. They don't know where they're at. They don't know how to get home. I need you to go rescue my children that are lost. Sad to say, almost 40% of evangelical churches last year, by their own admission, did not see one new convert coming to the kingdom. Oh, we know how to have good church, spirit-filled church. We'll sling, we'll throw the banners, we'll shout, we'll prophesy, and not one person was brought into the kingdom. How good can that church service be? That's why I've said it for all the years of pastoring this church. If we ever have one Sunday in this church where someone doesn't commit their life to Jesus Christ, we're not preaching to you next Sunday. We don't need another sermon. We need to repent. 500 or more of us come together and we didn't bring one unsaved person to the house of God. We missed it somewhere, didn't we? We lost the heartbeat of Jesus. But today I'm glad to say there's never been a Sunday service in this house where someone did not commit their heart to Jesus because we are a hospital and we want the world to know we're a hospital. And the only difference between me and the unsaved person out there is I got admitted earlier. Because how many besides me need some help in Jesus today? Come on, help me preach for a minute, all right? And so what I want to do today is just kind of help you along and, and let you, I'm going to kind of teach you how to fish for people, all right? In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says, but you are, and he's talking to all of us, so look at your neighbor on the right and tell him he's talking about you. Now look at the one on the left said he's talking about you too. He's talking about us, so we, let's put we in there, we the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. Now, all that sounds great. How many enjoys that? You've been chosen by God for all the benefits of heaven, but here's what he says. God's instruments, that's what we are. God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Come on, somebody. Has God changed your world? Has God changed your life? And what he said here was he didn't come and ask you to speak out and have all the answers to everybody's questions. Just stay with me. Our ushers are helping. He, he didn't say that. He, he didn't say, I want you to speak out and have know all the biblical truths and know where every scripture is found. That's not what he said. 
He said, all I want you to do is be ready and willing to go tell others about this night and day difference that I have made in your life. That's what fishing is. When I was in the Bronx, New York, uh, we, were, we were there, and we had a lady in our church. Her brother was involved in some drug deal, and anyway, he got shot 21 times. And, and so it went into court, and so being the pastor of evangelism, one of the ministers, I went to court with the family, and it drug into this massive murder case, and then the mafia was involved and everything. They literally had undercover agents take me home different ways, different days, so that the people would not find out where my wife lived. It was crazy. And they would walk up to us in court and poke fingers in my back and my partner's back and go, pow, pow, you're next. Now, they don't teach you that in Bible college. You know what I'm saying? They just didn't teach us how to do that. And, and that was going on for three months that went on. And, and we're in the prosecutor's office. And so we're talking. And he was as atheist as they come. Every word was a curse word and blah, blah, blah. And it got so bad. Finally, one day I said, look, you don't have to be who I am. But if you keep doing that up, we're leaving. And you know you can't win without us. And so he kind of calmed down. And then one day... He asked about creation, and I was teaching the Pentateuch at the Bible College in New York at that time, which deals with creation. So I gave him a three-hour history teaching on creation on his board in the office, and over against the wall was this detective. Every day, this detective stood in that office, and he just did like this, never said a word for three months, never said a word. And we just shared our faith. We just shared Jesus. We just talked about who he was in our life. We never mentioned our church. We never asked him to come to church. We never did any of that. We just shared and tried to exemplify Christ in that office. Three months later, the guys were sentenced to prison. I'm pulling in my church behind the back in the parking lot, and this police car, undercover car, pulls up, and this detective steps out that was leaning against the wall for three months. He walks up to me and my buddy. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a little New Testament, and he says, I just want you to know, for three months, I didn't say a word, but I was listening. And I was listening to every word you said about this guy named Jesus, and I just wanted to come by today and let you know I met him. I met him. And what I'm trying to say to you today is he's not asking you to go out there with a five-ton Bible and a bullhorn on a street corner telling everybody they're going to hell. He just wants you to go to work tomorrow and let those people that you work with that are coming in depressed and overwhelmed and the cares of life, just let them know the difference from day and night, night to day, a world of difference that Jesus has made in your life. That's all he wants you to do. Okay, pastor. Sounds all right. How do I do that? I'm going to give you some fishing instructions, all right? Number one, you simply share the hope that you have. You see, I love to fish. But here's what I found out. The same bait doesn't work in every environment. I don't go deep sea fishing and use the same bait that I use when I'm trying to catch some brim. You've got to use the right bait. So you have to know the sphere of influence that you have and who you're trying to reach and then let the bait work. But here's some basic bait or some basic principles that are going to work no matter what scenario you're in. Number one is share the hope that you have. How many's found hope in your salvation in Jesus? Come on, how many has Jesus brought from a hopeless situation, drug addiction, alcoholism, a broken marriage, a messed up life, an abused life, giving up on life? It's all these things that the enemy has brought against you, but now you have hope. I didn't say it's all perfect yet, but I have hope. 
I hadn't got it all figured out yet, but I've got hope. I, I, I hadn't even overcome all my struggles yet, but I have hope that I'm going to. Come on, somebody. And all he's saying is share the hope that you have. People today are not looking for a church. It's a proven fact today we, for the first time in history, have stepped into a post-Christian society that 80% of our society today have no desire to go to the house of God. They're not waking up planning on going to church. They don't want to go to church. And the only way they're going to get here is if someone personally invites them. And then the statistics show that if you invite 10, eight will say yes and three will come. Do you know what that means? If every one of us in this room today would just go ask 10 people to come to church next Sunday and eight said yes and three come, that we would have over 2,000 people here next week? Sounds good to me. And so we've got to come and go. They're just looking for hope. That's all they're looking for, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. He says this, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give every solution and answer to every problem and situation that they have in life. That's not what Jesus said. How many's glad he didn't say that? Because you don't know how many times we hear this as pastors. Pastors, I love God, but you just don't know. When it comes time, talk about sharing faith. I freak out. That's because you've got this mentality that you've got to go out there and save somebody. That's not what Jesus asked you to do. He's just asked you to go fishing. Just go talk about the night and day difference that he's made in your life. Always be prepared. Listen to what he says. Not to have all the answers, but to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. So those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. How many had some of your old friends talk bad about you when you got saved? Like when you were in the bar and getting high with them, they didn't have anything bad to say about you. Now that you're serving Jesus, they come up with all this malicious stuff. God said, just stay humble, but have an answer to the hope. Have an answer to the hope that you have in Christ. And so let's look at this today. Three elements found in your message. When you're sharing your hope, the, the hope that Christ has made real in you. How many besides me have many people in your sphere of influence today that you're going to be in contact with all through this week that need Christ in their life? Come on, anybody? 67% of Escambia County doesn't go to church anywhere. We don't need to be fishing in the same pond that's so small. We all need to go out and get in the big pond and let's go get those that don't know Jesus yet. And so you look around you, how many see an empty chair somewhere near you? That person that you know this week that doesn't know Jesus, that seat's for them next Sunday because this week you're going to try to bring them with you. We're going to go fishing. So how do I do that? Number one, elements found in my message is first of all how I realized that I needed Christ. He said, when you're talking to that person and you're, you're giving hope to that person, the first thing you want to do is let them know how you realized that you needed Christ. How many remembers, Pastor Brad said earlier, where you were before you met Jesus? How many remember that? And, and in your story, you're sharing hope by letting them know that, listen, I, I'm no better than you. I'm no different than you. Even though I'm a Christian right now, I'm no different or better than you. As I said earlier, I just got in the hospital before you did and my healing started sooner. 
but that I needed Christ in my life. I was empty. I was addicted. I was broken. I was hurting. I was wounded. All of these things that were going on in my life, and I looked in all these other places, and they weren't working, and I realized one day that there's a spiritual void in my life, and I needed Christ. Number two is how I committed my life to Christ, is that I share with them in hope that, that I needed Christ, and here's what I did. I, I just called upon him. For he said in his word that if I would call upon him, he would answer me speedily, and he did. And I finally come to a point in my life that, that I just needed Christ in my life. And, and Jesus said that if I will confess with my mouth, and everybody look at me for a second. He didn't say if I would confess all of my sins and all the bad things that I'd done and every wicked and evil thought that I'd had. That's not what he said when he said confess. He said if I will confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus has risen from the dead, I can be saved. And so he said, what do I do? I share hope. I do that by letting my friends know that I needed Christ in my life. And I let them know how I committed my life to Christ. And then number three, I let them know the difference that Christ has made in my life. Jesus changed anybody's life in here today? I said, has Jesus changed anybody's life in here today? Now, I'm going to take the thunder away from Pastor Brad so he can't use this at the end. But I loved it, what he shared earlier. But, you know, here's what happens when you do these three and next Sunday you've got somebody that you, you, that you brought to church with you. And here's what I'm going to challenge you, that we, we all come to church 52 weeks a year on Sunday. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to take one Sunday a month. This is a TC challenge. Take one Sunday each month to bring an unchurched person to church with you. How many of you join me and make that come? Just try, just try that I'm going to try to have sitting next to me one Sunday a month at least an unchurched friend that I know doesn't know Jesus. And then at the altar call, we always say, bow your heads, nobody looking around. And that one Sunday when you've got that person sitting next to you, it's okay to peek. Because <laughs> you've been praying all week long. And, and when we say, if you need Jesus, raise your hand, it's okay to just kind of look out the left eye, the right eye and Yes, 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 it happened. Yes, it works. And I want to tell you, some of you think you've been high on acid or crack or whatever. There is no high, no high, no high, no drug can do in your system what will happen in your system when you know that God used you to take somebody out of the hand of the enemy and put them into the hand of Christ and know that a life change just took place forever. No high will ever compare with that. So I share, and I bring in, and I share hope. Number two, I share my church. So first of all, I want to be out there just sharing hope to my friends, not trying to answer all their questions, just sharing the difference that Christ has made in my life and how it came about. Then number two, as I get the hook in their mouth, because how many knows the worst thing you can do is go out and start just trying to push your church. People don't want to go to church. So if you're out trying to catch fish and you start talking, man, you need to come to my church, you're not catching anything. They don't need church first. They need Jesus first. And once they meet Jesus, now they need a family that's going to help them walk out that journey. And so first is I share hope. Then second, I share my church. And I want to stop right here and say I thank God for Transformation Church. We're not the only church in town. I'm not going to say we're the greatest church in town, but I want to say we have a mandate of God on this house to take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. 
That is our vision. That is our mission. We've got to come and realize that the whole mandate of this church is not about us as Christians. It's about that lost son. It's about that lost daughter that we want to go rescue as many as we can. We're going to feed you as mature saints. We're going to encourage you. We're going to help you in your journey. But the number one purpose of this house is every week to prepare a place that you can bring your unsafe friends and family, and they're going to find an environment that they can belong before they believe, but they won't be here long before they believe because we're going to watch the Holy Spirit draw them into the presence of Jesus, and we're going to watch Jesus change and transform their lives. And so a house, I thank God for Pastor Brad. And, and if you're a guest in February, we transitioned over and he became the lead pastor of the church. And it was the right time, the right move. And I want to tell you, I'm in some meetings with this staff and this team, Pastor Justin, the staff, the whole staff. They're young. They're passionate. They have a passion for God. They have a passion to see people's lives change. But I sit in these meetings and I hear clarity. I hear purpose. I, I hear vision. I hear mission. It's together. And I want to tell you the hand the this church is in great hands for a long, long time. And I want to tell you, our best days are truly ahead of us. They really, really are. And with those claps, bring somebody next Sunday that don't know Jesus yet. Because our church is a place of refuge. We have a clear mission to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. We have a clear focus and vision. And that's our four-step process that we have everyone go through that comes to Transformation Church. Number one is our Sunday services are about knowing God. We want to know that you know a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two is that we want to help you find freedom in your life. And we do that through small groups on freedom, on addictions, on marriage, on finances, whatever. We want to help you find that freedom area of your life. Number three is discover your purpose. And, and we'll do that next Sunday at our growth track through the double doors right after this service. We'll have a meal and you can come in and we're going to take you through four weeks of a journey and we're going to help you discover the gifts and the purpose and the callings of God that are in your life. And then number four, we're going to, if you desire, we're going to help plug you into that purpose and put you on the dream team and you get to, do you hear what I said? Get to, not have to. You get to serve God and the passions that are in your heart and let's go make a difference in the lives of other people. Clear vision, clear mission in the house. So if I'm called to do this and I want people to come to church with me, what should I do first? Number one is pray for them. Begin to pray. Begin to pray and ask God to touch the lives of a certain person. I want to challenge you every month, every month, every month, get one person and start praying for that person that this month is going to be the month of their salvation. How many is going to join me on this? I don't ever ask you to do what I don't do. So every month I'm going to ask God to put a person in my heart that we're going to impact this month and we're going to watch them get saved. And so number one, I want you to pray. How do I do that? We're going to lay the foundation for you. Every Saturday morning in this building right here from 9 to 10, we have prayer. That is specific prayer, praying for the Sunday service, that we will see lives transformed by the power of the gospel. I want to challenge you to be inviting your friend, but I also want to challenge you to give one Saturday a month. I know you can't be here every Saturday probably, but one Saturday a month to join us here from 9 to 10, and together as a church, we're going to pray for the salvation of everyone's lost family and friends in this house. Come on. And then we're going into our August 21 days of fasting and prayer, not fasting, but prayer in the summer. And that entire 21 days is geared toward the unsaved finding Christ. And so two areas of prayer that are set up immediately 
that we want to be praying for the unsaved to find Christ. Number two is show them that you care. That person that you're praying for this month, now do simple acts of kindness that shows them that you care. Maybe it's a card. Maybe it's a lunch. Maybe it's just walking over and saying, hey, I've had you on my mind today, and it's okay if I just pray a simple prayer for you. But do something that's going to show an act of kindness that's going to let them know that you care. And then number three, invite them to join you at a service. Invite them. Pray for them. Show an act of kindness that you care. And then make a personal invitation. As I said, it's a proven fact that if you invite ten, eight will say yes and three will come. And so I want to encourage you to get that person and invest in them throughout that month And then at that point, ask them to come to church with you and tell them that we have two services and ask which one they want to come to and you come to that one that Sunday. Don't tell them when to come. Ask them when they want to come and you give up whatever service they want to come to and you go to that service and you sit with them and that's when you get to peak. And so invite them to your church. And number three, share Christ. Don't be afraid to share Christ. Anybody here in sales? How many has found out you go broke if you don't learn to close the deal? Come on, somebody. I was in financial services for years. You can have all the knowledge, but if you don't know how to close the deal, you go broke. And can I tell you, you can know all the Bible, but if you don't know how to close the deal, we're not emptying hell and filling heaven. We've got to learn how to close the deal. And how do I do that? Don't be afraid to talk about Christ. We talk about politics. We talk about sports. But when it comes to Jesus, I'm afraid we're going to mess it up. How can you mess it up? You can't mess up telling your story. Share Christ. What do you do? Two things that you need to share. Number one, is these are not in your notes, so write them down. Number one, you just need to let them know that God loves them. God loves them. I don't need to know your story. I just want you to know God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you so much that he didn't die. He was willing to give his son to die. God loves you. Number two, God has a plan for your life. Two things you want to share with people when you start telling them about Christ Notice I haven't got religious. I haven't got into theology. I'm just living where they live, and I'm sharing Christ with them. How am I sharing Christ with them? Talking about them. Christ loves you, and Christ has a plan and purpose for your life. It doesn't have to be what it is now. He's got something far better for you. And it opens the door for questions. Number one, we got to look at three things. Number one, there's a problem There's a problem. What is that problem? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we have to stop and realize as we're talking to someone and we're sharing Christ is that we have a problem, and that problem is this. Say we. When you're talking to people and you're talking to unchurched people, you never use you and I. It's always we. We all have sinned. And we all have come short of the glory of God. There's a problem. Man separated from God and we need God in our life. And I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you're at in life. There's a void in your spirit, man. 
because God created you in His image and without Him we're lost and we're miserable. We need God. Number two, there's a solution. God demonstrated His own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's a problem that we have a sin issue, but there's a solution that Jesus came and He died. The Bible said he bore our sins in his body on the cross, not only to forgive us of our sins, but to free us from the penalty of our sin. Number three is the response. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. And when I'm talking to unchurched people, this is my passion right here. When Pastor Brad said, you want to preach Sunday? I said, what we're talking about? He said, reaching the unchurched. I said, sign me up. This is my heart. This is my passion. This is my life. This is why I live. Is that I want to reach as many people that don't know Jesus. I want to touch as many people's lives as when I get to heaven. I want to see a multitude of people there because I wasn't afraid to share my faith in Jesus. And today there is a response. People are desperate. I'm going to say this. I hear people making excuses all the time. But I'm going to tell you, it's easier today to share Christ to the world than it's ever been in history. Because people are more desperate today than they've ever been in history. And they're tired and they're looking and they're searching. And today all you have to do is go out and look for that response and ask some questions and let them ask questions to you. And and all of a sudden a dialogue begins to take place and we realize that Jesus is still the answer in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. And today, I'm going fast because we have to cover a lot. I just want to challenge you today that God's given us the bait. He's given us the tools. It's not hard. It's just, everybody look at me for one second. Your unchurched and unsaved friends and family, they're not just not going to church. They're going to hell. And that has to become a reality to us again in the church. And the only reason that Jesus left you and I here when we got saved or he would have raptured us to heaven was he left us here to be fishers of men, to go rescue his lost sons and daughters, his lost family. The last 73 days of my life have been the toughest days of my life. 73 days ago, I stood by the bed of my five-year-old grandson as God took him from us. I ain't gonna lie to you, it's been the toughest 73 days of my world. 70 of them. I was angry. I've served God for 38 years, man. I've, I've given my life to this thing called ministry. And I was angry. It turned to bitterness. I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't pray. I was mad at God. I'm just confession time. I know none of y'all go through that, but And it was my world because Jabin was my world for three years. I was his caregiver. I shut my world down. I shut the staff down. I shut the church. All I did was watch Jabin. That was my world. And I really believed God was going to heal him. I watched him heal Tommy, my son. Told he wouldn't live for 24 days, so surely he's going to heal my grandson. But he didn't. And that day that I stood at my grandson's bed and held his hand when he quit breathing I got angry and for 70 days I was angry 
three weeks ago, a lady stopped me back there and she said, Pastor Dan, will you pray for me? And I said, I really can't. First time in 38 years of ministry I ever said no to anyone that asked me to pray. And I was honest and I said, I'm so sorry, but I'm not in a place right now that I really need to be the one praying for you. But we have an amazing prayer team over here and and, and I guided her over there and, and she thanked me and she understood. I was so upset, just I couldn't get through it. I couldn't, I tried. I'd listen to worship and I'd get madder because that's what me and Jabin did. And then people would tell you, well, God wanted another angel in heaven. I'm like, he's got plenty up there. He don't need my grandson. Well, you know, joy's going to come in the morning. Well, it's been 70 days and it hadn't come yet. So that ain't working for me. You know, you know, I'm writing a book now called It's Okay. The first chapter is It's Okay to Not Be Okay because my Christian upbringing taught me that you're supposed to be okay all the time. And then the last chapter is going to be it's okay to be okay again because you can't live here. You got to walk out the journey and know that Jesus has got us. I was in D.C. Wednesday. I flew home. My flight was five hours late, so I was really aggravated. We got home, and I brought Kathy to the house, and I went down to Jabin's grave where I go every day and just play worship songs. I mean, him, listen, that's just my time with him. I know he's in heaven. Man, I was so angry that Wednesday, last Wednesday. I was so mad. And I knelt on his grave. Normally, I have a chair I take and I sit next to it. It's Wednesday. I just knelt on it and I cried out at God. I screamed. Why couldn't you heal him? Why did you take him away from me? I was so upset. I didn't sleep that night and Thursday. I went normal and then I, I just went down to the beach and I began to walk and isolated area of the beach and, and I was talking to God and I said you've got to heal me or take me to heaven but I can't live the rest of my life like this you got to do something you got to talk to me you got to show me something and as I was walking and talking with God he, I promise you this is what happened he spoke to my heart he said turn around and look and I knew nobody was there as so I went to Orange Beach in an area where nobody's at just wanted to be alone and I walked for like miles he said, turn around and look. And I turned around and I looked. And this is what I saw. And I took a picture. And the Holy Spirit, I'd walked all down. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there's one footprint, there's one person. And for five years, you carried Jabin in your heart. But while you were carrying him, I was carrying you. For 59 years, I've carried you, Dan. 59 years, I've been faithful to you. 59 years, I've honored my word in your life, and it's not changing now. Jabin's fine. Jabin's well. Jabin's happy. And I was on my knees in the sand, and God spoke to me this message. He said, go back and do what I've called you to do. The legacy of Jabin will live forever. He said, go and reach my other children just as much as you carry Jabin in your heart. I want you to go carry my children that don't know me yet in your heart. And let's go reach as many as we can. And I'll make a commitment to you today. As a founder of this church, we're gonna go reach as many, as long, and as hard, and as faithful, and as true as we can. We're gonna go reach as many of the unsaved and the unchurched of your family and your friends as we can. And we're going to watch God empty hell and he's going to fill heaven 
as we rescue and we recover and we watch the enemy lose his grip and we're going to watch lives like mine and yours that's been changed by the power of the gospel. We're going to watch Jesus begin to do it. Not one or two, but I'm talking about multitudes at the time. The power of God is getting ready to do that. I just want to know, anybody in here ready to join me? And I repent to you today. I repent and I apologize for these 73 days of just not being here. It's just my journey to walk. But I understand some of your journeys better now. I'm going this week to the NICU unit at the hospital. And I want to volunteer a day or two a week because I want to volunteer to go in there and hold those babies in an intensive care. I just want to hold them. I want to sing over them. I want to pray the prayers that I prayed with Jabin. I want to watch God transform families by the gospel of Jesus. And I just want to challenge you today to join me. I didn't throw this at the end to bring a sad, depressed moment. I'm throwing it here because some of you are just where I was at and you're letting the situations in your life just like I did You're letting them be a detour and a distraction and an excuse of us not going out there and impacting other people's lives. And I want to tell you today, the same God that's carried me is carrying you today. His faithfulness that's been faithful to me, he's been faithful to you too. And it's time for us to lay down our reasons and our excuses, though they're very real. And let's go realize as much as I wanted God to heal Jabin, there's another mom and dad out there praying for God to rescue their children too. And I can get lost in my story and miss the opportunity to rescue somebody else's in their story. Let's go make a difference. Let's go impact lives with the hope of Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that today? You receive it? Bow your heads with me. Father, today I just pray over this house. I pray over every person here. And first of all, God, I want to pray over those today that might find themselves where I've been. I pray over those, God, that have gone through deep, deep areas of pain in their life. God, their mourning has turned to grieving. Grieving always produces bitterness. God, I pray today that you will Help us understand that it's okay to mourn, but you said we don't mourn as those who have no hope. God, I pray over every life in this room today that has gone through deep pain, deep areas of struggle, and today, God, they find themselves just hanging on, just hanging on. Maybe they find themselves where I was, angry and bitter at you. And I pray today, Father, a healing. And I'm just gonna challenge some of you to receive this word today. I pray a healing in Jesus' name in the heart, in the mind, the emotion. I pray against guilt. I pray against bitterness. I pray against jealousy. I pray, God, against those spirits that the enemy's tried to bring against our minds today. And Father, I pray today that there will be a release of the joy of Jesus, the joy of heaven. I pray, God, a release of purpose. God, into our lives today, that God will not wake up another day. God, just hoping this wasn't a dream, but God, it's a reality. I pray, God, that we wake up now with a new purpose and a new intent. 
The old is gone and the new is here. God, I pray today, Father, that you allow us to take these areas of conflict and pain and let them thrust us, God, out there into a harvest field of multitudes of lives that are experiencing the same pain. But we have the answer. So in the midst of our pain, let us minister and transform the lives of others. So God, I pray first for those here that have said, God, and we've used our frustration, we've used our situation, God, as a reason not to. I pray today that you will release us into a spirit and an attitude of I want to. And God, we will make a difference in the lives of others in Jesus' name. I pray right now for those in this room that need you today. And if you're here in this room right now, you say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm in a place in my life spiritually right now. I need a change. I need Jesus. I'm not where I need to be with God. And we've already had some people in the first service accept Christ today. Maybe you want to join them. And you say, Pastor Dan, today I need a change. I need a difference. I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy where I am with God today. I'm not a bad person, but I'm not in a good place spiritually. I need you to pray for me. If that's you, would you slip a hand up? You can put it right back down. I'm not going to point you out. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer for you. God bless you. There's four hands raised. Anyone else? I need Jesus in my life today. Maybe you're on live stream. Maybe you're on Facebook. You need Jesus in your life today. Today he's here. He wants to change your life. He wants to bring new hope, new life to you. If you raise your hand or you did not, would you pray this prayer with me today? Everyone's going to join in so you're not alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess. I believe. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate with these. Come on.